Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contest events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting prompts and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50. That's B-L-E-A-V 50 to receive 50% off your welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Guys, welcome on in to another episode of Bar Talk with me, your bartender and host this evening, Jenna Devilston. Uh, and you're, you guys are going to be hanging out with me for the next hour, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, happy Thursday, happy Friday, happy Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is that you are listening to this. I hope you are having the best day ever. And remember, if your day isn't going the way that you want it to go, you and only you have the power to turn it around and make it absolutely extraordinary. So ask yourself. What kind of day do you want to have today? And go out here, go out there and have that day. But guys, also remember, if today is, is <laughs> today is one of those days where you're just happy that you got out of bed and did the minimum, that's amazing too. And give yourself some huge credit for that. Okay, guys, episode 106. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you as always for listening, for tuning on in, for sharing. It truly means more to me than I could um ever put into words. And even as someone who tries to put thoughts into words for a living, sometimes I still feel like I fall short. So just know guys from the bottom, from the bottom of my heart, how absolutely grateful I am for all of you. So today we are having on one of my dearest friends on Bar Talk, and that is Annie Constable. Annie is a multimedia journalist for the Chicago Sun-Times covering the Chicago Sky, the Red Stars. She has also been covering the Bulls this season as well. She is the host of the podcast Equal Play, where she aims to highlight the brightest women in sports from the field to the front office. I met Annie a few years back. Um, I honestly don't even remember the event. It was I... I think at the time, like when I was kind of freelancing, I was always just kind of jumping around to different events and meeting people. And I had met Annie at one of those. And I just remember feeling instantly drawn to her. Uh, and it was her, it was her energy, but it was her kind, fierce, fiery passion. I think that I have so admired about Annie, um, just b getting to know her throughout the years, seeing some of the things that she has done, um, and I always knew I wanted to have Annie on Bar Talk. It was always just a matter of time. So today, guys, I finally got to have her on. I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited that you guys are here to listen. We discuss so much. Honestly, when you get two people who can conversate for a very long time, like Annie and myself, um, it's uh, it's one of those things where I really hope you guys feel like you're a part of this conversation as well. Um, but we just couldn't stop talking in like the best way possible. But we still tried to keep it in a in a timely manner for you guys. Um, so we discuss a multitude of things, you know, um, just a little bit about Annie and her career. We talk about, you know, uh, just, I think the, the pivot in sports, but I, what I also love about Annie too, is her pushback on even some of the things that I believe in and just being able to see her point of view. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this, um, a little bit of a, what's the word I'm looking for? 
kind of like just di- we really have a little bit of uh, like opposite endpoints of view, but in like a very respectful way. And I think you guys are going to really appreciate that. One of the things that um, I know I took away from this conversation, I hope you do as well. It's the importance of showing up. And I'm just going to say that and I'm going to let you guys listen on in to figure out what it is that I mean by that. Okay, so let's go ahead uh, and get on into this conversation with Annie. Before we do that, I have a few quick announcements I want to make. Okay, first off, if this is your first time listening to Bar Talk, guys, welcome on into the bar. I love having you here. If you are a returning regular of mine, guys, welcome on back. So very grateful for anyone who is new or anyone who is a returning customer of mine. Thank you, guys. Um I would love it if you would hit the follow button wherever you are getting your podcast from. Follow, uh, leave five stars, leave a little review. It takes 30 seconds out of your day, guys, and it would seriously mean the absolute world to me. Honestly, you can do it right now as we're talking. And uh, it would it would seriously put the biggest smile on my face. For any of my YouTube people, hi, guys. So good to see you. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to Bar Talk's YouTube page. Leave a thumbs up on this video. You can even leave a little comment as well. If you are not completely sick of hearing from me yet, I would love it if you would follow us along. It is at Bar Talk with Jenna across the board. You can follow, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And then I ask that you stay until after my conversation with Annie for a fun little segment I like to call, here's a tip for you, a little piece of advice that I think is going to help you throughout the rest of your day. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and get on in to my conversation with Annie Constable. Enjoy. So, God, she smells so good. She does smell good. Um, and then we always like to do a little orange peel zest. You don't have to, but I'm, no, a, big, I love an orange I'm a big believer in, like, you drink with your eyes first. Um, and, like, do you just, like, smell the citrus of the mm-hmm. orange? Oh, my God. Let's do a little squirt for you, my love. Thank you, my dear. Give me a little guy. But, yeah, this is one of, I think it's, there are certain drinks I think everyone should, like, have in their back pocket, you know? I always think, like, an old-fashioned is, like, one of those drinks that everyone should have in their back pocket for any occasion. Um, If you really want to get fancy and you like an old-fashioned, but I get it sometimes during, you know, summer months. You don't want whiskey. Yeah. Um, I know it's clearly not summer, as you can tell from my decor if you're watching this. We like Christmas here. Um, But cheers, darling. Cheers to you. Cheers. that is so good yeah it still has the bite which i like right but it's but it's not a burn yeah it's a smooth bite it's like tastier yeah i'm a big fan oh my gosh i love that okay annie Mm -hmm. i am so excited to have you on and we've obviously known each other for a while just from the chicago sports world and i was trying to figure out how i even wanted to like start talking to you and I'm like I don't really feel like there's any need to like ease into this conversation because no. of how you and I know each other right. so I guess I'm just gonna the like the beauty of friendship the beauty when you get to interview a friend it's like <laughs> there's no introduction needed let's just have a conversation let's just go into it um but I guess my first question to you is and I and I this was I think one of the things that um I was so drawn to you is you are so passionate you are <laughs> and 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 it's and I and I say that not in a in a negative way I say that in such a positive manner like you just have such a like fiery passion to you and, <laughs> and and it's so beautiful and I think that's what draws so many people to you so I have to know like where does that come from 
Oh my gosh, this is making me laugh because I just had this conversation with my mom and she was, ta- we were talking about, I, I went to see the doctor, we were having a conversation after I had this doctor's appointment and they, my doctor basically advised me like I need to chill out a bit, like I need to have less stress in my life okay. for various reasons and so I called my mom and I'm like, Ma, what does she mean? Like how am I supposed to just be less intense, be less stressed, like be at less all of these things that I've felt like I've been my entire life. Right. And my mom goes, she takes this huge pause and she's just like, well, gosh, I just, I feel a little responsible because your whole life you've been this very intense person and we all just thought it was cute. We all just thought it was how you are and, and, you know, a great characteristic of yours. Mm -hmm. And now you know, you're getting this advice and, you know, I don't really know what to say because it's just how you are. You've just always been a little um, high, strong, intense, you know, dramatic, I guess. I've been called my entire life. So I don't know when exactly I became this way. I just remember from the time I was really little feeling things at such a strong level that I didn't know how to temper my the way I expressed myself. Like feeling emotions at, at a really heightened level. Yeah. Almost. Okay. So it was like when I think something, when I feel something, when I want to say something, mm-hmm. I'm saying it at 100 or not at all. Yeah. And so even like the last couple of years, I've had to take a step back in certain situations because if I don't have my thoughts all together, I realize how I can come across and I – you know, have had to, yeah, had to learn how to kind of temper, I guess, that intensity a little bit. But I've just been that way my whole life. I love it. And it's it's hard sometimes. And people don't understand it sometimes. So it's hard. No, but I think there is a, I always try to, there was a beautiful, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Wait, oh my God. I have to say this first. Yes. Minute. So yes. Taylor Swift in college, actually in high school too, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift was like god god she was she sure. was she was our god which is why we are all breaking ticketmaster's website trying to get tickets today but wait here's the thing then when when some of those like lies got exposed of her on that call with Kanye saying like oh yeah you could use the term bitch in your song and then it comes out and she's like I didn't like yeah. I didn't approve this whatever I'm like wait Taylor are you the mean like are you a mean girl are you kind of like devious are you li- uh, lying so there was to the something masses? that and I went cold turkey and I was like I can't fu- I can't fuck with this version of Taylor okay I did too but then there was apparently something that came out that said that entire recording was fabricated and it's not true <gasps> I don't even know. I so I don't know what to believe. I do. Taylor. I do too. I don't um, even know if that's relevant, but I just had to say it to you. That's totally fine. She brought up something about how in her Miss Americana uh, Netflix special, uh-huh. how she is trying to unlearn these things that um, like men have have like said to women is like a bad quality of them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like mm-hmm. I'm trying to unteach my brain how to do it, and I feel like. You know, for you, I want you to always know like your passion is like I think the best thing about you because <laughs> it's you. what totally sets you apart from everyone else. And I think that that passion that you have, that just like that love, that like burning desire to like call people out on their shit when they need to be called out is not something that everyone can do. And I think it's what's set you apart in your career in so many fucking ways <laughs> because I think of um, I don't even remember. I, I had to have seen you like right after this this happened. You were covering 
your team, the Sky, and it had to have been, was it when they had their playoff run last year? I can't, I can't remember exactly the date, but there was no one there. There was no media oh there. This is my favorite. No, no, no. Oh this gosh. is the best. It's the best thing because you tweeted something along the lines. Of, oh and I'm going to like quote tweet it in a sense where you basically were like, where the fuck is everyone? Without saying where the fuck is everyone? And then what happened the next day? Uh, a lot of people showed up. A lot of people showed up. But that, okay. See, that was one of the moments where I'm like, maybe I should skip a beat before acting or reacting to something so instantly. Right. Because after I this happened after it it was the last regular season game of Mm -hmm. the year and this guy had already clinched their spot in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, the the storylines are set. Candace Parker's back. She's about to play in her first go on her first playoff run with her hometown team. Right. And this guy were playing the Indiana Fever, which in the the Indiana Fever have been on a come up forever. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not they haven't been a premier team in a long time. Okay, so. I guess if you're in, in, you know, newsrooms in the city and you're like, if we're going to skip something, you know, I could see how the average Joe is like, check, crosses that off the list first. Right. But I was shocked because if the Bulls, you know, the, the Bulls have been an average team for how long, right? Yeah. And everybody continues to show up to cover them. And so I was like, what the fuck are we doing? This is a team that's on the brink of something very special, which at that point they were finishing the regular season 500. So no one knew necessarily that they were going to go on to win to the championship. To do what they did, right, right. But still, they're on the on the brink of this, this playoff run and no one's here. The only reason that could make sense in those newsrooms mm-hmm. is because of sexism. Right. Because if any other team was about to begin a playoff run, you'd be at their last regular season home, their last regular season game of the year. Yeah. You'd be there yeah. without question. And so I t- tweeted that, and uh, WNBA Twitter is it blew like up. a firestorm. It blew WNBA up. WNBA Twitter is is great. The mo- some of the most loyal readers, followers, fans I've ever come across co- oh, wow. in, in the sports world. That's amazing. And it blew up. And I was so embarrassed because I just thought I wasn't trying to disrespect any of my colleagues in the yeah. city or, or what they're doing or I just wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to disrespect anyone. But at the same time, I was like, y- y'all are disrespecting though this team by yeah. not being here. Yeah. And. I have the luxury of being there every day. That's my job. I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for my job that I get to cover that team every single day. But I was like, no, yeah, none of your, no, no excuse. I don't care that they're playing the Indiana Fever. No. no. Where is everybody? Yeah. I think the, and I hope you can like remember this too. It's like, sometimes you need to call people out. Sometimes you need to like, it's not pretty. And, I, and obviously there's always that fear of like, uh, like, what did I say? You know, like, oh, my God, is it going to come back and like backfire me? You know, like you don't want it to be taken the wrong way. But sometimes and this is what I, I'm kind of going to get into in the next is like people don't even realize that what they're doing is wrong. Uh-huh. They don't even realize that their lack of actions are actually having a huge impact on on an organization, on a movement, on growing the game. And with you, you know, like I just and it's I I love how you've like kind of taken this role and you're like, it's mine and I'm just going to just like fucking run with it and just like grow it and 
be so passionate about it and and but but do it in a very like integral journalistic way but still having like so much of that like young Annie Costable you know like fire and passion to you and I and it's not something that like a lot of people can do and just with you I think of women's sports like always and you're obviously way more in it than you know like I am or just oh I think a lot of people in general and I guess what what I'm trying to learn and it's something that I'm continuing to try to educate myself on is like this is like a two-part question like Mm -hmm. from a media point of view what can be done to elevate it and from a consumer point of view what can be done to elevate it you know I think what I always think about when you know these questions get asked to me is is how often I'm brought on someone's show to talk talk about the lack of women's coverage when I'm like wait you're a you're a journalist yeah you can make yeah you can be you can show up right and I'm not saying that as as like oh no I know know, yeah pointing the finger at you or anything but I've been brought on so many segments to talk about title nine and and the lack of women's coverage and I'm like Mm -hmm. wait I'm sitting here in your studio I haven't seen you at a single sky practice right that's the answer Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just showing up Mm -hmm. it's just telling the stories yeah like no we have to get away from women as as different or women as and women's sports as and I just had this conversation with Jess Robertson she's a co-founder of together with you know Mm -hmm. four of the world's greatest athletes and um, something she brought up is, yeah, we have to get away from women's sports being secondary or or this this feature story. We instead have to of change the vocabulary. One hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like, um, instead of asking what can be done, I think we need to ask ourselves what can we do. Right. Why are Why are we Why are we covering women's sports different? Mm. Why are we not showing up the same way we show up to cover the Bears, to cover the Sox, to cover mm-hmm. the Cubs, the Blackhawks, and on and on and on. Right. You know, because the simple fact of the matter is the Red Stars in the Sky mm-hmm. are professional sports teams. Right. If you're showing up to cover the Fire and the Bulls this way, then you should be showing up to cover the the female counterpart right. the same way way yeah or you're you're sexist or Mm -hmm. you're exposing your sexism that's just it's as simple as that yeah and I think as far as consumers go what's really impactful is social media for two reasons Mm -hmm. um you know athletes are taking control of their brands Mm -hmm. but uh consumers are also able to vocalize in a different way what they want to see yeah and I think social media has done an incredible job for women in sports because this whole narrative that there's no interest can't fester it, anymore. Because it's a people lie. People are like, wait, shut the fuck up, Bob. Yeah. I care. Yeah. I care about this. Mm-hmm. So get out of here with that narrative. Um, and so I think what's important as far as, you know, my job goes is consumers reaching out to outlets you know, editors, everyone, these outlets at email addresses, contact information is is public. You might have to do a little digging, but you can find it. And so if you're a consumer and something you want to see, read, hear about isn't Mm -hmm. there, write, write the publication that you subscribe to, write your local news station and request it. Mm -hmm. You, you are who they are. 
they are working for. Yeah. You hold the power. They're, it's, it's that, what's God, what is it called? It's like we are all, like our job is like we live in an act of service, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are in service of can, giving, you know, telling the story, giving it to people, making sure that they can get it. And a lot of times, what, what even what I found just with like the, the podcast, which is obviously different in, in the sense of just like, you know, working for like a really established like print meet, meet uh, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? print media um that's not the word but but we can go with it is like (laughs) I because I don't I mean I have people that I have to answer to but I have a direct conversation with my consumers Mm -hmm. which is awesome right it's a little intimidating at times but it's but it's awesome and I and I love asking them like what do you guys want to hear what do you what do you want what what drinks do you want me to make this week what what conversations do you want me to have like I'm not promising you I can get you you know like the the Paul Canerco Canerco. you can yes she can after months of work but like you know (laughs) it takes time but I don't know I just I don't even know where where the fuck I'm going with this to be honest I completely lost my train of thought but but it's just it's so interesting now because even from you know I think about me as a kid and like my sport growing up like I was always a baseball fan Mm -hmm. growing up in the shadows of Sox Park like it was inevitable right um but I was but I'm a I'm a volleyball player Uh you know so like that was my sport that was my love and it was why I love the Olympics because Mm -hmm. every four years it was like dad you get the remote 365 other days of the year it's my time now don't you dare turn off this game and what's become so beautiful (laughs) about it is my like my dad played volleyball too and we we watch it now like we'll actually like turn off other sports sports to watch watch volleyball because Uh it's so I think it's so competitive. I think it's so um, it's so compassionately graceful, mm. which sounds weird, but no, it, but it, it's a beautiful description. Yeah, and um, now you know there was a like ESPN just signed some deals with the Athlete Unlimited mm. where they're going to be, and I'm like, God, this is like amazing. And you see all these Big Ten games getting like sold out, like insane numbers, and it's mm-hmm. just like constantly growing, and we're constantly going there, and it's just like, yes, ladies, let's go. Um, so again, like they're hearing the consumers, which is great being in the media side of it being on the side now where you know my my job has has changed since I've started this podcast a year ago um I I get to see some of the what goes on behind the curtain you get to right. see a little bit of the Oz and a little bit of like what sells and what doesn't sell and it's so interesting because obviously right now the biggest thing is and it's like you had you know you don't want to admit it but it's the truth it's like football is God Like football is still God. There was a a stat that came out the other day that last year out of the 100 most watched television programs, 73 of them were football based. Right. But I think we need to start thinking about why that is. And that's what I'm trying to figure out is like, why is that? Why is that the narrative? And why why do we feel this need to stick to it? Is there a way to include more into this narrative well so football has been played for I I don't know how long but football was one of the first sports that was played collegiately like when college was only an option for men Mm -hmm. like are all of all of these reasons so like football being the top sport is Mm -hmm. not necessarily because it's like this brilliant sport that is the greatest sport that ever was it's marketed incredibly been invested in that's been marketed that's been sold to america to the point that we are all conditioned to love football right so when people talk about uh the nba and well the wmba doesn't make money and blah 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 it's like 
whoa, 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 hold on. How has the WNBA versus the NBA been invested in differently? Mm -hmm. And a, another big aspect of that is how long has the, the WNBA been in existence? It's right. only 26 seasons. It's still going very on young. the 27th. Exactly. Yeah. But we can't, we can't clutch on to the youth of the WNBA or the youth of the NWSL as a reason why they're still not viewed as highly or invest mm. or yeah, the viewership isn't where it's at or the ticket sales aren't where the NBAs are at because the, the investment needs to match the interest and mm. the interest is there. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, actually I'm just going to say it. I don't love football. I, I grew up, and I thought, actually, I want to get into this. So <laughs> I grew up and my internalized misogyny had me believing uh, if I was going to be a successful sports journalist, I had to cover men's sports. Mm -hmm. I remember when I decided I wanted to be a sports journalist and I thought I was going to be on ESPN doing sideline for NBA games. Like mm -hmm. that was the dream that I first dreamt. And when I got to the University of Iowa, that that conditioned idea that men's sports are better than women's still existed and I prioritized covering Hawkeye basketball the men's team over the women's team mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I graduated from Iowa that I was like hold on a minute like why am I why am I trying so hard to do something that that a zillion other people are already doing when th this this entire world is is not being valued the same way and it's your world mm -hmm. like this is your world and you yourself aren't valuing this world the same way as you're trying to value men's sports like it just it, it, I had this break and mm -hmm. this disconnect and it, it just changed my entire life but I bring that up because it's it's something that everyone I think needs to start thinking about more mm -hmm. is our conditioning to believe that men's sports are the standard and then women's are, are just trying to live up to that standard. No, women's sports are on an entire different level than men's and they need to be invested in the same way and they need to be valued the same way and they need to be, you know, cultivated the same way. Yeah. So I don't know if I just went on a tangent and made no sense at all, but I just think a lot of that the reason that football is God in our country is because of everything that's gone in to make it God, Yeah, you know? And if we put the same effort into selling everybody on tequila, uh, old fashions, we'd all stop drinking regular old fashions. Like anything you put that much effort into making great mm -hmm. is going to fucking be great. Right. I just saw a tweet the other day and sorry, I'm still going on this Keep. tangent, but I saw a tweet the other day about um, fans were asked why they've they've watched the WNBA and, and women's sports more this year. And their reasons were fucking the simplest reasons ever because it was broadcast more because it was yeah. available more because it was like all these things. And I just thought about let's not even apply this to women's sports, but just in the world. Yeah. So what you're telling me is. If we give people opportunities to succeed, they will. No fucking shit, Sherlock. Like, no fucking shit. Yeah. So, yeah, football is successful, blah, blah, blah. We all know it. But what else could be successful if it was treated the same way the NFL is treated? Yeah.
I love that you brought. I, I love again this passion, this fire. This is what I love. I do you know who? I, God, I can't even think of her name. Uh, there's this girl named Danielle who does a podcast called Pretty Smart, and mm-hmm. she just had on uh, Jamel Hill, mm-hmm. um, maybe like a month ago, and she said to Jamel something that I thought was so fascinating, and it was like, out of the top one hundred, no, out of the top ten most followed people on Instagram, mm-hmm. all ten of them are women, and I was like, huh. Out of the top 10 most followed athletes on Instagram, they're all men. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so what does that show us? What do, what is, where is that disconnect happening? And she brought up a really good point of how we are okay seeing women be performers, mm-hmm. but we're maybe not okay with seeing women use their bodies physically to compete and perform yet. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, again, that like – a little bit of that like misogyny that's kind of been seeped into our brains that unlearning of what we've been told as like we we kids is like we need to unlearn that it is beautiful to see a woman use her body to compete to perform to be a badass motherfucker 100% and you know even now like I know there's there's been there's so many takes on this um like NIL that's happening right Mm -hmm. the name image and likeness for anyone who's listening and doesn't know what that means and the number one person who is a name image and likeness athlete is a female gymnast from LSU. Mm-hmm. And her name is, I wrote it down somewhere, uh, Olivia Dunn. She makes over $1 million a year. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that I think about it and I'm like, huh, well, they're like, yes, there, there's so many factors into like why you like someone or follow them. But you talk about a gymnast using her body to compete and perform and do the most like unimaginable fucking things on the planet. Like mm-hmm. it's probably the reason why gymnasts, you know, just g- gymnastics in general is the number one probably viewed sport during the Olympics. I don't know if that's a true fact, but like I have to believe that it's got to be up there. Right. So I feel like we're seeing these, these really, they, they have to start out as small cause they have to be sustainable, but we're seeing these small pivots, these small one degree turns that I think are, are going to get us to where we want to see with all of our women competing mm-hmm. where they're just competing. It's not women competing. It's just, they're just competing. So there's, there's no question there, but it, but it's just, it's just the, we're seeing the change. We're seeing the evolution. And I really think what's been, you know, say what you want about the name image likeness side, but like you're actually seeing who these brands, these companies want to put their money behind. And obviously like, so uh, yeah. And that, it, but that brings up such a good point. Cause it's like, what that needs to translate to the professional level. And I think because again, it's like things take slow progress. So name image and likeness has been around for what two seasons. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's like what happens when eventually those kids graduate and they're done. Where's that money going to go? Right. Are they going to follow them to, to the W? Are they going to follow them to Athletes Unlimited, whether it's in volleyball or softball? Like, where is it going to go? Because these brands are putting in millions of dollars into some of these people. Obviously, she's the, 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 the top of the top. But they're putting this money into these people because they see the return on investment from a business standpoint. You 100%. understand that. So, again, it's like, I, I think it's... <laughs> It's like the tide is turning, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's just like we inevitable we inevitably need to be like persistent, patient, and like the annoying wheel that needs the oil. I agree with you, except that patience is not my job. I uh, okay. I will not be patient. Like mm-hmm. it is not my job to sit around and wait. 
for everybody else to understand the value in covering women's sports. Mm -hmm. Like the time is now. Mm -hmm. It's 2022. It's about to be 2023. I'm 32 years old. I grew up being told you're going to be treated the same way as your brothers, blah, 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 because the feminist movement said so. And now we're beyond it. And and I'm living in a world that is far from that fucking reality. Yeah. And so like everybody else could be patient, mm -hmm. but I can contribute to actually closing that gap. So patience, mm -mm, mm -hmm. not part of like my my DNA right now. Yeah. I think when I when I say patience, what I mean is from a from a business standpoint of getting the money in. Oh, because yeah. a lot I of mean, times those things take you can't be like, hey, I need to check for ten million dollars. And it's like, OK. That's great, but mm -hmm. like, give me the facts, show me the numbers, you know? Like, and I think, you know, uh, like the WNBA has grown faster than any other sport. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know the fact off the top of my head, but I wanna say it's like, it's on a trajectory where it has grown somewhere in like 40% every year. Mm -hmm. It just continues to grow. So it's like, if you're a business, it's like, yo, my guys. Do you see right. that growth? What are you waiting for? What but you... that's why I'm saying, what are we supposed to be patient about? Like yeah. the, the numbers are there. Yeah. Where is the investment? And so I think it's a vicious cycle. And again, mm. not to continue to plug my own podcast. No, but, but I, yeah, I just talked about this with Jess Robertson and, and, you know, again, you talked about the return on investment and these businesses want to see their return on investment and so if they look at a league like the WNBA and it's not being covered the same way as right. the NBA they're going to question that it's just an immediate question mark that gets brought up when you're because again the, of how it's not being covered of how of the coverage the lack of um, coverage the you mean the lack of coverage the fans not in seats but mm. we're not acknowledging how this everything plays a role in in all of those factors right so right it's just um Again, like I said, I'm not going to be patient because I, I, I think it's my job mm -hmm. as a journalist to do my job. This, like, for example, I'm covering the Bulls a little bit this off season. Right. I, I'm not. I'm not like a cheerleader for the WNBA. I'm just here to say this is this is how I do it for the Bulls. This is how I'm going to do it for the Sky too. Mm -hmm. Like, and of course, as a woman, um, you know. It maybe comes off a little personal at times because it's the hard. WNBA it's is hard. reflective well, of it, your it, own fight. Well, well, it's hard not to be. You know, yeah. like it's 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 hard for it not to be a little personal. And I think we would be fools to say it's not. You know, and I also don't think there's anything wrong with it being a little personal. No, I don't think so either. I just think sometimes, um, like old school people in the business will be like you know, have this idea that you can't advocate for coverage. Mm. I've heard that a lot in my career. We don't advocate for coverage. I'm not advocating for coverage. I'm advocating for equality. Yeah. And you telling me not to advocate for coverage points to you contributing to a lack of equality in our coverage. Yeah. So. Yeah. Think on that. Yeah. Bob. Um, Bob is a fictional character. Bob is, Bob is Bob, who I call like, <laughs> the problematic, <laughs> misogynistic people in my life. And so I am sorry to all the Bobs out there. I'm sure you're great. Bobs but are Bob, great. Bob's, but it's just because Bob, yeah. you could throw out there so emphatically like well, Bob. Well, you also, I also feel like whenever I use Bob and it's like, well, and back to you, Bob in studio, you <laughs> piece of shit. Like, that's how I think of Bob. I just like it because Bob is like a name that you could be like so condescending when you oh, say Oh, absolutely. Like, Bob. Absolutely. Mm. Fuck you, Bob. Bob. 
Yeah. For any we'll Bob, for any Bob's listening, we we don't hate you. We don't hate you. No. So I had said to you, I got this new job. Where I've been at Believe now for eight months, mm-hmm. and I get to see a lot of the what goes on behind the curtain, which is uh-huh. a really cool. It's a cool vantage point to be in because I, as much as I love the this side of it, the like being in front of the camera and doing all this, I crave the behind the scenes, like mm-hmm. the the behind the scenes and like. It's kind of like how you how you make the meat, how the meat's made. Like that's the part that I really thoroughly enjoy. Like I think more than more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came, like so, I just looked at our numbers on Apple, mm-hmm. like our Apple Podcast numbers, and um, one of our shows uh, has made it in the top five of baseball coverage. It's mm-hmm. our believe in believe in Houston, believe in Astros show, which is like fucking incredible. You know, it's like that's amazing. Like we're beating people that are like. Can we clap? Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 good for believe. Like, Jeff Blum, you were with the White Sox. It's okay you're with Houston now. I'm okay with it. But, like, they, I want to say last time I checked, they were number four. Like, they beat, like, like, Barstool starting nine. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is awesome, you know? So, so then my brain is like, I'm not an analytical person, but then I can put that cap on and I'm like, okay, let's go and look at it. So then I go and look at our, our top shows for believe in Apple. And, do you want to take a guess? You're, if you guess this, I, I will literally. Oh my god, I'm a terrible guesser, but let's go. Our top three, the, the third most listened to believe show on Apple. Take a guess what it is. Yours? No, I wish. Maybe we'll get there. We're not there yet. I have no idea. Believe in figure skating. Oh my god. Okay. When I saw those numbers for the first time, I was like, figure skating. You gotta be shit me, man. Like I felt like Matthew McConaughey. I was like, you gotta be shit me, man. Like, like, (laughs) like what? And so then I am like, okay, Jenna, let's not look at the surface level. Let's not be in it. Let's, let's, let's weigh, you know, Eagle's point of eye view. Why is this one of the most listened to shows that we have on our network? Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, where can you get figure skating coverage? exactly and and that's and that's, that's like exactly what i and, thought of and, when you and said that's that. the light bulb like ding and i'm like oh my god like these people are just they want it they're craving it and even i even think of like when i played volleyball obviously that was like a decade ago now uh-huh. um but it's so like I get so happy seeing how much volleyball has grown in the last 10 years. Like mm-hmm. it makes me so happy to think that like maybe I had a small part in that and playing and like showing up to all those tournaments and like doing all those little things. And, you know, the fact that there's coverage now, not only on Big Ten Network, but like now what's going on ESPN and mm-hmm. they're, they're just it's just constantly growing. And so, again, it's like you give people an opportunity, you, you, you give them this platform. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love Believe is like they let people have a platform to to have different shows that maybe you wouldn't have on a ESPN, like, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a beat maybe you wouldn't be able to cover in a in print because, you know, back in the day it was like you had so many, you know, spots that you had to fill. But I'm like, oh, my God, we're talking about figure skating. It's the mo- It's one of our most listened to shows, which means there is this entire community of people that are just like dying for this they coverage. Want more. Right. Like just give me more. Exactly. And, and even like our soccer, like some of our soccer shows too, you know, like we're coming up on the World Cups happening in what, like two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, our soccer shows are like, again, some of our most like watched on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, again, I, I didn't grow up a soccer fan. I just, I just didn't, you know, um, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. Yeah. I don't, ha- I don't have to be the audience, but like there is a pocket of people 
that want it clearly just yeah. like there is a pocket of people who want to follow women's soccer and who and, and, and who are so passionate about it you know so so it's like they're again it's like maybe part of me is a little bit like we need to be patient because I've seen like how long this journey has taken me to go and that mm. like nothing happens like overnight you know but but again it's like I just patience is a virtue I'm not trying to say patience no. isn't important but it's but but it's valuable. like I see I see where the ship's going yeah I feel like I feel like for the very first time since since doing everything I'm like okay you you guys are seeing it like there's there's people right those people's are they're consumers those consumers can turn into dollars yeah like and so that's the other part now that like as a as a podcaster producer host it's like okay now I am like trying to tap into like what is the business side of this how can I better understand the business aspect of it because there is this business side to it as well you know yeah and I think the business aspect of it is really important to understand Mm -hmm. but I think something that needs to be thought and thought Mm -hmm. about and considered more often is how women's sports is reflective of women in society oh my god and these opportunities so like let's just look at women in sports yeah let's not even think about women in society yeah when we think about again football as a sport baseball Mm -hmm. as a sport basketball as a sport and the history of these sports right Mm -hmm. how long they've been being played yeah and who's been playing them Mm. men yeah women weren't even allowed to play sports at to the same standard even a close standard until our very recent history yeah you know you know the history of title Mm nine so we're asking women or or these haters out there are asking women to show up with the same numbers the same uh uh, interest all of these things Mm -hmm. as their male counterparts when their male counterparts don't have 10 steps ahead on them they have hundreds of not hundreds of years yeah. they have just miles and miles on them ahead of them yeah and and then on top of that we're not thinking oh well women playing basketball are have been doing it for half the time that men have been doing it let's overcompensate we're asking those women to prove their va- like to prove their worth to mm. prove what they're capable of in a way that we never asked men to yeah the investment in men and again this is where it's it's a reflection of society is there yeah when men show up the world listens when women do it's like show us what you got honey show us what you can do and then maybe we'll pay attention it's that saying fuck that men men get promoted on potential women get promoted because of they actually see the work that they've done exactly which is like when i think about it i'm like fuck Exactly. And that's why it does get a little emotional and it does get a little personal because we have all felt that Mm -hmm. at some point in our lives, at some point in our careers. It's like we we have to be twice as good with half the resources. And I'm a white woman saying that Mm -hmm. it's even worse as as we go down and and talk about black women in, in business and and women of color in business. Mm -hmm. These I'm privileged. Yeah, I I. I am lucky, um, but we still are facing so many hurdles that our male counterparts are not, and we're being told that so much has changed. It's like it's smoke and mirrors, right? I'm I'm sick of you guys selling us this image of how much has changed, and it's like what's really changed? Yeah, you know. 
which again is an ignorant thing to say because a lot has changed. No, I, but I'm just saying we're yeah. asking women to be twice as good with half the mm-hmm. resources, and I'm a white woman saying that. Mm-hmm. So, what are black women saying? We need to yeah. be listening to all of these individuals uh, who who are having to work again twice as hard as yeah. the, their counterpart that's getting further and further ahead of them with doing doing half the work. Yeah. So. God, it's fucking Sorry, crazy. I'm getting too intense. No. <laughs> I'm getting like, I'm blame the, getting blame, too dramatic. Blame the tequila. Um, no, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with the passion. And again, that's what I think. And I, I know that, that what you have, that what is innately ingrained in your DNA and your soul and your body is what is going to help you like truly fucking move mountains for people. I don't know about that. I do. I fucking do. I hope. I, I do. Because you just... I don't, again, it's so a part of who you are that you don't even realize that it's literally like your greatest fucking asset because you're like, this is just who I am. But it's your, it is that desire, passion to, to, to call someone out when they need to and to tell people like, this is why this needs to happen. Not everyone has that ability. Like, like they, like I, like here's the thing is I, as passionate as I am, I'm very much at times like. Like, I'm kind of like Switzerland, I feel like, in places. Yeah. Like, I see both sides. I'm like, I get it, and. I get it, and. Or I get it, but. You know, like, like I'm never, it, I'm not someone, it's never been in my character to be like, you know, light the pitchfork, you know, like storming. The, like, that's, it's just not who, it's not in my, it's not in my nature. It's never been who I, who I, like, innately am. But I understand the importance of, like, needing to speak up, obviously, when you need to speak up. And, mm-hmm. and knowing when to use your voice because we all are put here for a reason. We all came to this planet for a fucking reason. Yeah. And we all have different gifts that we are that we need to use to help society as a whole. And I just know if you and and, and this is like you had said you don't know what your next dream is because you're trying to figure out because you've you've yeah. done you've I remember the first time I met you I was like what's your dream? And you're like I'm doing my dream. I'm working at the Sun Times. I was like wow that's fucking awesome. Like you're scared to get a dream now. Yeah. And then there's that beautiful question of like okay well what's next? And you have to dream bigger. I know I was having this conversation with a friend recently and I was telling her a story about a friend I went to college with who was drafted by the Green Bay Packers and is still having a successful career in the NFL and he used to fresh out of college we when when they'd be in town we'd all go out Mm -hmm. and and it was just great to yeah be these like young adults figuring life out but I always felt like he was so far ahead of where Mm. me and my friends were because we were like these broke girls fresh out of college working three four jobs trying to make our dream happen and here he was his dream was already real Mm -hmm. and I remember he said one time you know you guys are lucky and I was like shut up we're lucky (laughs) Mr. fucking NFL Miss me with that. Yeah, okay, like, right. miss me with that. Like, sure. And again, that was my dramatics coming out. And he was like, no, really. Like, you guys are lucky because you're still making your dream come true. I've, I'm here. And now I'm, I'm like trying to think about what's next. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that recently because, yeah, I, I was 15 years old. And I don't even know why I, I thought this or said this out loud because, again, I I there got to be a time in my life when I thought if I was going to be successful in sports media, I had to be the Barbie doll on TV. Mm -hmm. And that became very real for me. I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And I got to be this picture perfect. Is that why you had blonde hair at one point? Yes, we could go. Let's get into that. But 
before that that uh, conditioning took hold in that form of me thinking I had to be on TV mm-hmm. to be successful, I was on a I think a field trip, and we were in the city and we were crossing the bridges from you know like the West Loop into into the Loop. Oh and yeah, yeah. The old Sun Times building was north, and so if you were on those bridges, any one of those bridges, and you looked to your left, you would see the Sun Times logo you yeah, know they're yeah. on, on the building I think it was Prudential Towers I want to say yeah and or the Prudential building and I remember whoever I was with I was like I'm gonna work there one day and I had never like said that out loud I had never said I want to write for a newspaper I want to write at all mm-hmm. I just in like this cocky moment spoke my dream out loud my yeah. that I had been subconsciously thinking about mm-hmm. I guess and so to make it ha- to like to get this job to go to Mississippi and then come back it just it's it's truly like I don't take a single day of it for granted mm-hmm. and the hard days are really fucking hard yeah like really hard but then I get to remind myself that I'm I'm living my literal dream yeah and the scary thing is to think well what do you do after that like what what's What's after, you know, winning a WNBA championship? Like, I'm going to use that as an example. You know, it's like, but there is something else. Mm -hmm. You know, as humans, we're we're constantly growing. We're constantly evolving. And if we're not, we rot. Stagnancy, exactly, you rot. And so that's the challenge now is thinking, okay, you know, how do I keep going? How do I keep finding inspiration? How do I keep trying to be a better version of myself? And part of that is constantly challenging my beliefs or beliefs that were taught as little kids and and conditioning that we're we're breaking from our childhood it's like all the things that were sold let's let's keep thinking on them let's keep mm-hmm. thinking how things can be different let's keep thinking how we can be different how yeah. we can be better yeah and so that's just you know, part of what's going on yeah. in my fucking brain. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel I, like a crazy person. No, but but it's but I think it's the you, you know, like my dream with this was to get picked up and signed by a network. Mm-hmm. And it happened. And then it's like, ah and then it's like now what? Right. You know, like so so but but then I had to change. But it you too. have to remind yourself like you You did you, it. You did you it. You did it. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that high you get when you get the call like oh, yeah, we'd love to ha- interview you for this job. Mm-hmm. And then you get the job and you're like, I did it, I did it, I'm here, let's go, what's up? And then somehow like a week later you're thinking, am I good enough? Am I still worthy of being here? Oh, yeah. Do I deserve this? And it's like, girl, stop and think. You're living your dream. You're, you're doing, doing what you wrote down no that one, you wanted no, to no do. No one's hiring you out of charity. Right. And, 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 and. and yeah, like I'm kind of thinking of just Jamel Hill. Like she literally said that she's like, no one picked me because they're like, mm, here's this poor little black girl. We got to bring her around to ESPN. Like, no, Jamel Hill got to ESPN because she's incredible. Yeah, you know, like she worked her ass off. She 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 networked probably, and 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 you make it happen, and and the right opportunity came. And but but I think for you, you know, like one thing that I keep thinking of is like, I'm a big, I like to visualize things, and mm-hmm. I always consider like 
you know, when I get ready to interview someone or if I find a topic fascinating or even like alcohol, right? Like I'm so fascinated by alcohol, just the mm-hmm. process of making it and how it comes about. And I love falling down like Alice's rabbit hole on it. And I don't know where that rabbit hole is going to take me, right? And and it's like, oh God, where are we going to go? What am I going to learn? And, you know, and then you find out some crazy wild thing about, you know, just so, anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think about that with jobs and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Like you walk through a door, you don't know what, how many doors are behind that door exactly and how many doors and, 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 and again like then you could get like then you could get like really overwhelmed because that's like what what doors are behind that door and then right. that door and then and like you don't know where it's going to lead you you don't know where it's going to take you you don't know what kind of spark is going to be ignited inside of you when you go through something else and like even I said to you like the the business side of all of this has been something I didn't think I would it, it, it wasn't something as a little girl I thought I could do mm-hmm. because I never felt like I was smart enough to do. Which, why didn't you think you were smart enough? Because, because I was dyslexic and I just learned differently. Yeah. And and so because of that, you, I got shamed into believing that like I was dumb and I was not good because enough. Because of a difference in you. Because in we're difference. taught we all got to be this way. We all got to look this yeah. way. We all got to act this way. And so yeah. the second there was one tiny, one difference about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Instead of seeing your difference as your superpower, yeah. you were taught to believe you Shame were, it. yeah, you were you were less intelligent mm-hmm. than the people around you because of it, yeah, which isn't true, yeah. And it's and I know now having met um, other people who are dyslexic, one of them being Brett Sopel, who played with the Blackhawks. Like we, it was like so amazing to talk to him because I was like, you probably saw plays happen before they happen, right? Because mm-hmm. I know I did as a volleyball player. I knew where the ball was going before it went there. And I swear to God, I think that was because of my dyslexic brain. Mm-hmm. I know when the way trends are happening before they happen. I can't explain it. I, I can't. I cannot fucking explain it. But I really think that that this gift I have mm-hmm. is what makes me stand apart when you've been shamed to believe it's not. It's yeah. You should hide it. I, yeah, and I hid it for so long because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is not right. Like da 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 da. Like you know, uh, you know, you you just again, you fall down weird rabbit holes. But I don't know. I just think. I don't know what's next for you. And I think the beauty is like, who knows? You know, like we'll, we'll figure, I'm happy that I get to be, I get to fucking witness it, you know, because I, I think you, you've done so much. You've probably learned so fucking much in like just the short time you've been doing this job. I mean, yes, like it it might like on paper be a long time, but the reality is, is like, you probably still got a lot more longer to go. Oh yeah. I mean, that's something, again, we live in a world of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to like my tangent, I went on about patience. There are times to have patience and there are times where it's, it's like, there are times to be quiet and there are times absolutely not to be quiet. Correct. And it's the same with patience. There are times to to have grace and and be kind to yourself. Absolutely. You should always be kind to yourself, Mm -hmm. but there are also times when, you know, you, you need to be aggressive and you need to, mm-hmm. you need to really go after what you believe in and go after what you want in your life. And when I think about patience, as far as, uh, the career path, any, any human could ever be on and, and mine specifically in the early stages, I didn't have patience. I kept thinking like, Oh, I'm, I'm failing because I'm not here at this mm-hmm. age. I'm mm-hmm. failing because I'm still working at a bar when I'm seeing like girls I went to college with are, you know, living in high rise apartments in New York City. And right. I'm like, uh, why am I like, I'm really embarrassed right. that I'm not where you're at. And instead of seeing the beauty in my own journey, in my own path. And the thing that makes me think about is 
if we pigeonhole ourselves to thinking we're only this or we're only that or our dream could only be this or it could only be that, we're, we're literally closing our eyes and, and having tunnel vision to all the opportunities that surround us. Mm-hmm. Like it took me being told no and no and no and no and no again in mm-hmm. broadcasting to finally be like, maybe I got to spin this. Like maybe there's another lane I got to tap into. Mm-hmm. And this voice in my head, it was so weird, but this voice in my head kept, and I think it's the same voice that made me when I was 15 years old be like, I'm going to work there one day. But it was like, uh, try writing, try writing. It just kept saying like, try writing. And I never thought I was smart enough to be a writer. I, I thought that was a man's game. I thought that was a white man's game. Mm-hmm. I was like, sport, all the sports writers you I ever saw were like these old white men. Right. And so I just didn't think that was even something I could be successful at. Mm. And I remember I was having this like crisis in my career. Crisis is such a no, but no, but that don't don't discredit how you <laughs> feel. So yeah, dramatic. But yeah, I felt like I was having a crisis, mm-hmm. and I went to stay with my aunt in Florida, my aunt Jen, and. I remember while I was there, I told myself, I'm going to spend this next week and a half applying to any and every job. I'm, I'm going to not limit myself to broadcasting jobs. I know I only have a couple clips from mm-hmm. freelance writing things I've done, right. but I'm going to send them out. Fuck it. Let's go. Like, here's what I got. <laughs> see what comes. Right. <laughs> Let's see who's interested in hiring me. Right. And... Um, so I sent my, my resume out to, yeah, places all over the country and again, broadcasting jobs, writing jobs. And I am not kidding you. I can still remember the moment I was at the airport walking onto the airplane and I looked down at my phone and checked my email and I had an email from Hugh Kellenberger from the Clarion Ledger in Mississippi asking to interview me and like I get emotional even thinking about that because I didn't even I didn't think I could ever do that Mm -hmm. I didn't think I could ever be a writer and here I was like trying to change the course of my life and this guy from Mississippi took a chance on me and was yeah. willing to even to speak with me. Mm-hmm. Even if he never hired me, like getting that email was the door opening to all of my dreams coming mm-hmm. true, my entire life continuing to unfold. And so my biggest takeaway from from that, and again, going back to the patience thing, is like just open your eyes to what else is out there you might think that you're only capable of this or you could only check this box but what if you just give yourself a little bit more what if you just turn one more page and think about something just slightly different like what if you give yourself a little more benefit of the doubt what else could you do Mm -hmm. what else could you do you might move to mississippi yeah like and change your whole life yeah you just might yeah (laughs) I um I never wanted to do radio, mm. which is really fucking ironic. So ironic because right? you have a great you have a great voice for radio, yeah. which is a compliment. No, I no, know I know. Are... I love I love my voice, and it's I I know that it is a huge compliment. But I wanted to do the broadcasting side of it. One mm. because I think I was probably fascinated by the like, 
you know, smoke and mirrors of the glitz and glam of television. Mm-hmm. And you learn it's not fucking glitz and glam at all. Um, it's a dog it's fight. A lot. It's a fucking dog fight. <laughs> um, but I knew out of college I wasn't leaving. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not moving. I was like, I'm, I, I left. I had a really hard time being away. I had a lot of shit happen to me my freshman year that made me realize I needed to be home. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm just, I'm a, I'm the best me when I'm with my support system and mm-hmm. I, and I need those people. Like they're my oxygen. Which is so important for yeah. you to be able to recognize yeah. early on. And I, and I was like, so if that means that this takes a little longer, I got patience. I'll wait. And, uh, I remember I was getting my hair done and a family, I had like just posted a like updated reel. Like it was probably like fucking garbage, but I was like, whatever. And, uh, a family friend of mine saw it and she was like, Oh my God, like I have a friend who has a radio show and he's looking for someone to like do his social media. And mm-hmm. like, you could like, I don't know, like maybe be on the radio. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And it was the Frank Fontana show with WGN mm-hmm. and it was uh, home improvement. Like I didn't know anything about home improvement. Like I knew, I did I didn't know anything about like home decor design or like, like I knew nothing, but I was like, I know that his show is right before the sports show. So I'm just going to do it. And I remember having so much fun with it. Mm -hmm. And it was a door that I never would have opened had it not kind of been presented in a way. Mm -hmm. And now the, the irony is doing the podcast. Right. Like, you know, it's so, it's so fucking ironic that like I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I did all these kind of weird you do all these weird things, right? Like in your career and you're like, why the fuck did I do that? Why, why? And then, but then you're like, oh, I get it. It was all leading me here. It all, it all leads you here, you know? And I feel like with, with the podcast, I get to do this best of like, there is the, the video side because I love the video side. I'm a yeah. video consumer, but I also understand the power in your voice and like being able to speak your truth and having really just raw and honest conversations that I know for me, like that's what my soul craved that I couldn't fit into a two and a half minute fucking video 100%. segment. I can't fit it in. Right. I can't. It's never going to, it's never going to fucking it's happen. It's never going to fit into that yeah. little, that little box, yeah. which is points to how great video storytellers are when they can fit oh my God. into this time crunch situation and keep it interesting, keep it engaging, but also tell the, re- the excuse me, the real story, the real story. Exactly. Like that's a challenge in itself. Such a challenge. I want to ask you one sports question and then we'll end. I have like a few more questions I want to ask you, but um, I could talk to you for hours. I know, I know we could. So (laughs) we'll just keep it going. But one of my favorite stories that you told me, and again, I just think it's so beautiful. Oh my God, I'm so scared. No, 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 no. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um, You know, just you talked about getting that opportunity to when the Chicago Sky won and Uh you got to be on the bus and I don't want you to tell a story about how you almost died on the bus <laughs> by the light okay don't want to know about that but I do want you to tell the story about who stuck up for you and making sure you stayed on that bus because well, I fucking love that story and I think people need to know it um yeah so being on the bus um it just was like the last thing to do right Mm -hmm. you're covering this entire season and so I remember having anxiety about it because I was like great like they I don't want this to sound like I'm disappointed they won but my emotion my or my thought was this was my exact mental like start to end Mm -hmm. Uh, I was like great they won now everyone's gonna like want to be at the parade and and like uh, am I still gonna be able to get an interview with Courtney and James Wade and all these people or is it gonna be like 
like I get pushed to the back because all these news outlets are there then and, mm -hmm. and whatever. So I just started thinking like, oh, my God, I got to be aggressive. I got to like like I'm not going to get passed up mm -hmm. by anybody. Right. This is the last this. I got to do my job better than everybody else. I've been here since the begin, like since the beginning of the season and nobody's going to weasel me out. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, yeah, the 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 bus, I was hitting up the uh, team PR in way in advance before they even won the championship. Like, right. And to the point where it's like, Annie, like wait until they win it to be asking this, these questions. But yeah, I was reaching out to the team weeks in advance and I was like, Hey, if they win it, I'd love to be able to document from the, from the bus, mm -hmm. like, for, you know, with the, with the team, um, just to be able to share their vantage point. Like, right. this is going to be monumental, like, historic mm -hmm. in the city. This is the first WNBA championship and the first basketball championship since Jordan was in town. Nuts. Like, Chicago is basketball. Chicago we is are. basketball. We are, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I get the okay. And that day, you know, they wristbanded everybody up who was going on the bus. And so I was like, oh, I'm not going to have any problem because – you know, I, I got this wristband. Well, what happened was I got on the bus with Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Diamond DeShields, Azra Stevens, and Candace Parker. And then also, you know, they had a couple friends and family with them each. Mm -hmm. And and when I got on the bus, there were all these TV crews. And a lot of them didn't have wristbands. And again, they're just doing their job. They're being right. aggressive. And so I wasn't going to turn my nose up like yeah do yeah. what you gotta do bro but before we left Winchester Arena our bus and again it's because it had Courtney on it Allie and Candace and yeah and Diamond and right and, you know this was a bus that if you're a journalist you want to be on right and so the security came on and they were like this is a problem bus there's too many people and so I was just one person. I had my notebook, you know, like my yeah. little notebook and my bag with my laptop in it in case anything happened. And, I, you know, you got to file a story right there. Right. But um, I just kind of dipped into the back. I was like, let me try and blend in here. Mm -hmm. And and no one was getting off. You know, none of the TV crews were getting off. And so we're sitting there for like five minutes and none of them are, are getting off. And then I finally because you're on a bus with these champions who just won in their family like. I'm not going to be the reason this goes. We sit here for 20 more minutes right. before somebody gets off the bus. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, I'll go, you know. And I looked at all the reporters. I'm like, I'm like, this is the, like, we can't all be on here. I'm like, yeah. somebody's got to get off. I'm like, I'll get off the bus. And Candace Parker stood up and was like, it was, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, I don't even know if she would even remember the way this, this happened, but it's just something you don't forget. She yeah. stood up and she pointed at me in my eyes and she's like, you sit down. You've been here since day one. You're not going anywhere. And then she like paused and looked at everybody else. I don't even know if she said anything to everybody else, but when she said that, um, you know, a couple other people were like, okay, I'll get off or I'll get off. Mm -hmm. And again, like it's not, it's not no shade to everybody else that was right. there doing their job. But in that moment it was helpful to have, you know, the mayor of Chicago. I'm gonna call it. She's not the mayor of Chicago. <laughs> no, but she but did like that. The day. general of yeah. Chicago would be like, okay, you can't leave. Everybody else has to, or whoever else has to leave, but you're not gonna leave mm -hmm. because she just helped me do my job. And that's not to say like, 
oh my God, Candace is, is throwing me lobs every day for me to get my job done. But when you show up and you respect people and you treat people, people with respect and you do a good job, mm-hmm. other people will treat you the same way. Yeah. And so that wasn't like Candace, you know, doing me any solid that she wouldn't do someone else who had done the same thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I just think that, yeah, that was such a funny day. Um, the Courtney Vandersloot saving my life too. Like, I don't even know if she'd remember that, but again, there was a lot of alcohol being consumed on the bus. I of course wasn't. So, um, but yeah, that day was, that day was wild. That day was just a super wild day. Um, and just a moment in your career you never forget. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. I I love that story because I was like, you know what? That's one of those, like, as, as a, you know, in, in the sports world, like, you you want that moment with that not not that you crave those but to me that's that like to me it's a total nod of respect to you and I think it says so much about you of like showing up is half the battle it's it's fucking it's it's I don't want it's it's more than half the battle it's, yeah it's like we started this conversation with with yeah you asking like what do we do it's like just show up there's not some there's not some uh, secret you know uh, concoction that creates uh equality in sports it's just show up just show up just literally show up yeah just show up yeah just show up okay we're gonna end with some ridiculous random rapid fire questions okay oh my god it's so much fun okay okay uh what is your drink of choice tequila is it really yeah okay actually like what kind of tequila tequila and or just tequila just tequila and the reason is i know this rapid fire but i gotta give a shout out to the woman who made me who i am and that's my grandma and my mom sorry mom yes but my grandma right before i went to college she was like annie you know if when you're out and you're drinking like think about drinking tequila because it comes with um you know a lime and it's you you can get just one shot and she was giving me all these reasons that included like you don't have to worry about someone you know drugging your drink because if you're just doing a shot of tequila like it helps and then she also recommended gin and tonics so tequila and gin and tonics are my thing because of margaret loftus love margaret that is that is the vibe uh what is the best piece of advice someone is giving you Um, the best piece of advice, and this again comes from my grandma Mm -hmm. and that is just to not dim your light for anybody else and not to be afraid of going completely left when everybody else is going right. I like your grandma. She was amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite holiday? What? (laughs) I'm not being very rapid fire about this. It's okay. Bro, what? It's okay. Oh, my God. I don't even know. I don't even know. I sound like the Grinch, but I guess Valentine's Day? Really? I don't have a favorite holiday. Okay. Can I be kind of cynical here? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. People are going to really hate me for this. (laughs) But a lot of holidays are totally commercialized oh, they're 100%. for all the wrong reasons. And if you get to the history of the holidays we're celebrating, you're kind of like, I don't know if I want to celebrate this holiday ever again. Yeah. So I become a bit of a Grinch. Yeah. But I guess so Valentine's Day was maybe not the truth. I guess what I'll say is is Christmas and because if you could celebrate Christmas without the gifts and without the 
the Americanized like hoopla of it all. Yeah. It's about being around people you love yeah. and and you want to be around. And so I think, yeah, Christmas would be my real answer. Okay. And I'm sorry for being cynical. You're totally fine. Do not worry. <laughs> uh, what's the kindest thing a stranger has done for you? Oh, my God. I'm not very rapid fire about it's okay. this. Sometimes uh, these these they these take these questions take people aback, so it's all good. I was having the okay. I'm just gonna. I I feel the need to just be real. It mm-hmm. might not be the kindest thing, but it's the one that's coming like to the forefront of my mind right now. Mm-hmm. I was having a shit day, like one of those days you're walking down the street and you just are are crying or on the yeah. verge of crying. Mm-hmm. And I had my headphones in, head down. I had like my dad's oversized like long jacket on you couldn't even see anything about me other than I looked probably like a sad person. And this person stopped me and was like, you are so beautiful. And I was like, and it wasn't even like some creepy, uh, like a creepy way of someone hitting on you. Yeah. Yeah. Of like a a woman being ogled when it's like, we don't want to be ogled. You know, we're beings outside of our beauty. It just right. was like a moment where I don't know if they they saw someone who needed a pick me up. I don't know, but it just I remember like looking up, mm-hmm. and I was like, it just it all happened in slow motion. I, it just took me out of whatever funk I was in that moment because I was like, that is just so kind. Yeah, and from that day. I've thought about doing this more and and I do do it actively is like mm-hmm. when you're out and you give someone a genuine compliment it's it it just it makes you feel good like yeah. don't be out and be like oh nice hair nice earrings or whatever don't like Regina you, like, don't Regina George yeah, me, like no. oh my god I love your bracelet where'd yeah. you get it like <laughs> but when you really see someone and you you tell them how you really feel yeah that's there's so much power to that yeah and people remember those things yeah um okay i love asking chicago people this question it's like one of my favorite questions to ask people don't be scared um we always got a guy we got we got a guy for everything Uh what's your craziest chicago i got a guy like not the name of the person but like what this person does and my example to get maybe your brain kind of going a little bit is um i have a meat guy uh-huh. He comes to my parents' house, chops the meat, labels it, puts it straight into the fridge. Since doing this podcast, I now have a bacon guy. Shout out Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> I have Charlie the bacon guy. Um, I have a foot detox guy. And uh-huh. I have an Amazon Fire Stick jailbreaking guy. So before, you know, you had to like buy every streaming platform. Like he could break it for me and I could watch like pirated movies. Please no one arrest me. Um, but those are my guys. I have All a lot of guys who just like. Yeah, guys, guys and girls, but like it's like you know, it's like Chicago guy. Like it sounds someone who just we all got a ticket guy. We all got this kind of guy. But like, what's your craziest guy? Oh my god. Okay, my craziest guy is this, um, like car guy. I don't even. I'm so inept with cars. Mm-hmm. So like, this just shows you. Um, but the first I before I I just recently got a new car. But before I got this new car, I had this junk beater like had it forever drove it to mississippi and back it it needed repairs every fucking other day yeah and so yeah what are like a mechanic you had a mechanic yeah i had a mechanic guy and it's like he would see me come into the shop and i think feel so fucking bad that i was in the shop again he'd be like he's like annie it wasn't like he was just throwing me bones and like giving me discounts but he was like for sure 
oh, all we did was fix this, and I know that, that he was, like, tying bows and, like, gumming shit together with rubber bands and, yeah, gum, and, and doing, <laughs> like, all these things to just get me another <laughs> week of life on the car. And so, yeah, I had a mechanic guy, and um, I actually think about him often because I'm, like, How's he doing? I wonder yeah. if he thinks I died. Like, I don't know. I feel like I should probably go in and like say hello and like thank you for all you did. <laughs> yeah. Just let him know. Like, you 100% know, things, things, you know, things are still uh, things are still good. Things are good. I just got a new car. <laughs> yes. You got a new car. And if hopefully you don't have to come in as much. No. Hopefully. Okay. I, ha- I haven't been in at all. Good. Like, oh, that's God even bless. better. Good. OK. Um, wh- who should my next guest be? <laughs> like a Chicago person? I like Chicago people, but it's never, no one's off the table. Okay. But I feel my Chicago people, you know? Um, I think your next guest should be, and I'm going to say this person, even though I want her before you get her, um, Courtney Vandersloot. Okay. I think you should for sure have Courtney Vandersloot. And if you could get Courtney Vandersloot before I get Courtney Vandersloot, I'm going uh, to be salty. I will. If I, hey, listen, if I can make it happen, I will connect it to make sure that you can make it happen. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Courtney Vandersloot, I think you should absolutely have. I love that. Show. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, fill in the blank. Your day isn't complete without what? My day is not complete without, this is new, but meditation. Amen. I need it. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a lot of like mm-hmm. different shit right now and mm-hmm. meditating has really made a difference. Yeah. So I love meditating. That's like so a beautiful. very new thing, but mm-hmm. I'm committed to continuing to meditate every day. It's a new practice and you'll keep getting better and better at it. As 100%. You, as you and it makes a difference. Yeah. Amen. Um, okay. Who, <laughs> I guess you kind of already answered this question. Who would you love to interview one day? <laughs> Well, I mean, I've interviewed her a lot. Like, so I think if I had to do like a. Like a feature. If you got to do a feat, like a really cool feature story on someone who would, who would you like that feature to be on? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. Um. Gosh, it's just so hard because I'm like thinking about this. The, the story that I want to do right now. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say Courtney Vandersloot. She's a great interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I get, I've interviewed her a bunch of times. So if I couldn't say her, I would say, hmm, I don't know. There's just, Okay, There's how about this? So think think about that and we'll we'll come back to that. Okay, we yeah, we, okay. we got to come back to yeah. that because I need to muster on that for a fucking moment. I, I don't know if you know this, but but I'm going to ask it and I want it to be the first thing that comes to your mind. So like it has to be like a word vomit okay, okay, thought. Okay, okay. So okay. Guys, can you tell I'm not good at this? <laughs> like I'm not good at word vomit. I overthink everything. Just so. like, again, that, that okay. little voice that, that okay, talks okay. to you, okay? Eyes closed, little yeah. voice. Okay. What is your next big dream? oh my god um okay the thing that immediately came to my mind is writing a book Ooh, i love that (gasps) what would it be about i think about women and obstacles hurdles that Mm. that we overcome that we've had to overcome um just again to reach even 
the level field that that men start on or the the you know the just to reach the starting line yeah um and you know I I consider myself lucky I was raised by two single women my mom and my grandma and Mm -hmm. I got to see every single day all that they overcame to you know be successful and also just to to find themselves like Mm -hmm. they made so many sacrifices for for us Mm -hmm. to that included themselves like their identity and and everything and and men don't deal with that you know men don't have to sell their soul to to you know it's not exist in this world and and women do yeah it's not a uh it's not a thought Mm -mm. it's and if it it's not even a subconscious thought it is it is the forefront of the thought right yeah and yeah. so, yeah, um, it would just, yeah, it would be about women. New York Times bestselling author, Amy <laughs> Constable. I'm fucking putting that shit out there. Oh, my God. Um, okay, and I have to say, the person I would interview would be, um, this is, I, I've already interviewed her, but mm-hmm. someone I just, oh, my God, I would just love to get to the root of who they are is Diana Taurasi. Like, mm. uh, I just think... Or something. Yeah, that is a like a truly remarkable human being. Mm. Um, so I would just, yeah, I would love to get a deep dive, get 30 minutes mm. of her time. I think you can. I think you can. <laughs> All right, and then last question, fill in the blank. Annie Costable is what? Annie Costable is emotional she's a feeler she overthinks everything she's just she's a lot and that's perfectly fine and that my darling is your superpower <laughs> cheers to that and cheers to showing up this is amazing Girl. i said this before the conversation with annie and i just want to highlight it again for those of you that are either listening or watching and that's the importance of showing up Guys, I think that's half the battle sometimes. It's it's showing up not only for women in sports, um, which was kind of the conversation that we had, but for the people that you care about as well. Um, you just need to show up. And with that being said, I feel like today's here's a tip for you is that half the battle is showing up. Words are one thing, but actions speak volumes. So show up for those that matter in your life. They will remember when you did and they will remember when you did not. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. Thank you for hanging out with me and giving me your time. I hope you all enjoy this lovely day. I hope you guys have great plans ahead. I hope that you are seeing the day as the glass being half full because the glass is always half full, okay? And uh, lastly, I hope you all take the time to realize that we have way more in common with each other than we have different. Until next time, take care. Stay here.